The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Thank you for joining us again on Grace in Focus. We are in a short series on Old Testament wisdom literature. And we're looking at the first part of the book of Proverbs, a book that tells us about wisdom, which, as we learned, is skill for living. But what kind of skill? We'll break it down into two important categories today, as Bob Wilkin, Ken Yates, and David Renfro will be discussing the meaning of wisdom today. Now, our website is faithalone.org, and I hope you'll go there today to learn more about our national conference, which is coming up in May. It happens at a family camp in Denton, Texas, very close to the Grace and Focus headquarters, and I hope you will consider it. Find out information on our website, faithalone.org. Now it's time for today's discussion. Here are the gentlemen ready to go. Welcome back to Grace and Focus. David, we're jumping here on Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. 7. We're only going to go through 7 verses. This is a fascinating passage. It's one of the few passages that almost every word is a separate word study. We all run into words like, oh, what in the world does that mean? And so, and, But there's maybe one in a whole chapter. There's seven verses. You'll see this. You'll you'll go, oh, no, not another word. So we may not get past verse one today. <laughs> we may not get past the first word, the. <laughs> it's like RB no. theme, right? What he, right. what he was famous for? Take like 14 years to go through the book of Romans. Yeah. He did every word. Right? He would. And, and it ultimately then, in those 14 years, he'd cover the whole Bible. Because the word studies would go sure. everywhere, right? Oh. Okay. We're going to hold you to that standard there. Well, Grace. the reason it's important is because... In order for us to understand the Proverbs, we have to understand these words. And what we cannot do is put our 21st century meaning into these words. Great point. point. That's true for anywhere in the Bible. We have a tendency to do that. We tend to impose our own cultural viewpoint on the Bible, which pretty much guarantees you're going to interpret it and apply it the wrong way. Right. Let's get into the verses, okay? Yeah. The first verse, the Proverbs of Solomon the son of David, king of Israel. All right, what's a proverb? Uh, the word proverb is mashal, and it means essentially a short saying that teaches some truth about life. It's catchy. It's meant to be memorized. Uh, in fact, a lot of the Bible should be memorized. We don't stress memorization anymore. It's a short saying, and it gives you some truth about life? Teaching truths about life, or some truth about life. Each proverb does that. And these truths about life are proverbially true. They are. In other words, they're not 100% all the time, but what they're saying is this is the normal course of life. Yes. And God some, allows exceptions, but these proverbs are telling us the normal right. principle. And some of them are, hey, if you want to be successful, you will do this. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what's interesting, let me just do a little short thing about who Proverbs is addressed to. Even We'll see this even in these seven verses. There are three types of people that are going to be addressed in the book of Proverbs. Number one, the wise. And the wise say, I want to follow God. I fear him, and I want to be wise. Then you have the fool that says, I don't want to be. I hate that stuff. I, in fact, there's a proverb that says, fools hate wisdom. And in other words, I'm going to do my own thing. They think it's a waste of time, for example. It's a waste of time. And then it also says I'm smarter than anybody else. So theologically, they're messed up, which messes up their whole viewpoint, their whole perspective on life. But you're saying there is a third category? There's a third category. Who is there besides the wise and the fool? The naive. 
the naive, let me give you an idea of what the, the naive says. Remember, the wise says, I fear God and I want to follow him. The fool says, there is no God and I don't want to follow him. The naive says, dude. <laughs> I don't think they say dude. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Not in Hebrew, they don't say dude. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm gonna, I don't know what the Hebrew word for dude is, but I'm going <laughs> to try to find out. But that's essentially the three lifestyles that you and I can choose. This is an interesting thing about Proverbs. We choose one of those three paths. We can choose to get on the path to wisdom and live the way God wants us to, or foolishness and ignore what the Lord has to say. And then the naive, naive says, Man, I'm doing my own thing. I don't care what y'all talk about. And in terms of the fool, it's all the way from the atheist to the theist or even the believer in Jesus Christ who's not following the Lord, right? right. And there's a whole range of fools. There is. It's somebody that at some point in their lives believed in Jesus but has since fallen away and decided, I don't want to go there anymore, and I want to live my own life. But it could include people who've never believed. Exactly. And for the naive, would we say that that is somebody who believes but doesn't understand the importance of this, but is open to it? He's sitting there listening, saying, I don't know, I'm kind of neutral, I'm on the fence. Is that what we're talking about with a naive guy? I'll give you my favorite answer to every question. It depends. It depends. <laughs> Spoken like a theologian. And by the way, coming back, David, you mentioned that this could be a believer in Jesus Christ, the either the wise one or the fool. But a lot of people are going to wonder, why would David say that, that they believe in Jesus Christ, which I would agree with. Jesus's name doesn't appear there, but yet Old Testament believers did believe in the coming Messiah, right? Yeah, they did. Or else they weren't believers. Well, also, they they believed that this Yahweh, their covenant God, right. to live a wise life meant to live in light of that covenant. Yeah. So they acknowledged that there was the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Moses that revealed his word, revealed his law. And I want to follow that. And part of that following is live a life of wisdom, learn the principles of wisdom, and then order my life based upon those principles. And the wisdom found in his word. Exactly. Right. Oh, another thing I like about it, too, is, you know, if you go to other religions, they may have you, oh, you want to be one of the wise. Well, you have to go through this ceremony. And what does the Bible say? Come on down. In Scientology, you pay hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to become a Thetan. I think that's what they call it. What do they call it? Thetan. Not Satan, but Thetan. They're trying to become gods, I think. Right. And there's a lot of and, other And it's that's... not working so well for Tom Cruise or for John Travolta. So far, it's not working. Not working at all. I, I don't think know. that's where we get jumping the couch. Remember, he was on Oprah, Cruise was, and he jumped back. Because he was so excited about What's the lady he married? Right. Was that Jessica Alba or who was, was that? Kate Holmes? Was that her oh, name? Katie Holmes? Yeah, I think that's what Katie. it was. I may be wrong. I don't know. I can't keep up with all that because it changes on I a don't daily know. basis. <laughs> that's right. Verse 1, let's get back to the... Verse 1 is the title of the whole book of Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon. And then this verse 2 is a summary of the whole book. And I think this is fascinating the way this is written. Notice it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Folks, there are two versions or two types of wisdom we need, and they're summarized right here in verse 2. Wisdom and instruction is what we would call moral skill. 
And the second phrase, to perceive the words of understanding, is mental skill. In oh. other words, intellectual activity. Oh, okay. Okay. I think it's fascinating that wisdom includes both. It's not just a moral standard that we adopt. He wants us to exercise our minds. Just to give you an idea about some of these words, notice it says to know. That's intellectual, isn't it? Right. And then he says wisdom. We know what wisdom means now, skill, the skill of living. Instruction is essentially, it's child training. That's what it's used for, child training, for the immature, the unlearned. So essentially, we would translate that another way. You could translate it as the word discipline, yeah. child discipline. So what he's saying here, we want you to know the wisdom, the skill of living, and the discipline of life. But that's not all. That's the moral side. The second and part of verse two. that's the summary, basically, of the whole book? Yeah. Wow, that's good. And then the the second line of it, the words of understanding is mental skill. And I love this word understanding. It comes from the Hebrew preposition for between. And the idea here, <laughs> understanding is the idea to be able to discern, to discern between sham and reality, glitter and substance. That's what understanding or discernment means. And you got to think about that. You know, you kind of, you have to perceive observe, and then based on your observation, you make the decision, this is real, this is substantial, or this is nothing. And that's mental. That's intellectual. Isn't that interesting? It is. Would part of this be, I'm just curious again, I'm going back to my classes 800 years ago, would this include not only how we act, but why? Sure. To understand this is why I should act Motivation. Yeah, it would include a number of things, but... In my mind, I see the way I'm supposed to act, but why do I need to act that way? There has to be a basis for your actions, Mm -hmm. a standard, if you will. It's not just some ritual. Right. Like Muslims may pray five times a day and they have certain prayers they memorize and they go through and they have this ritual. But why are they doing that? Right. Well, hopefully they have something in mind where they're seeking God or whatever And if they are, then the Lord's going to give them more information. They may reject it, but they're going to learn more about... I'm thinking specifically when Peter says, add to your faith, and one of those is knowledge. Yeah. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 10. Right. So I add virtue and then knowledge. Well, here's virtuous living, and now I need to know, well, why is this virtuous living? That's what I'm thinking in the back of my mind here. Well, Well, even this idea of knowing to know... It's both intellectual, but isn't there also an experiential aspect of knowledge? In other words, when we do what God says, we grow in our knowledge of God and our experience. It could, but I think the emphasis is on intellectual activity. Okay. And, the re- and the reason I say that is we all had him, Howard Hendricks. Right. What was the thing that he did in our Bible study? Observation. Observation, interpretation, application. That, that's right. And and I think that's what this means. He wants us to be able to, you know, notice it says here in the New King James to perceive the words of understanding. Right. And I think that that's observation. So if they're synonymously parallel, then to know would be the same as to perceive. Correct. Okay. The emphasis on each line, I think, is different. They're, they're both dealing with you and me increasing our skills of living both morally and mentally. I remember hearing a, one preacher say one time, God does not place a premium on ignorance. I met this preacher in a little bitty small town in Texas, 
And he said, you know, he, he said something like, um, I told him I went to seminary and all that. And he goes, well, I never went to no seminar school. <laughs> Did he call and, it a cemetery? <laughs> no, but you know, but that's you, what he was meaning. You, you know who did, and I heard him say it who? in chapel. Merrill Unger. Whether we're talking about wisdom as knowledge or living it, remember: keep grace, grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials, but one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On our next episode of Grace in Focus, we will continue this discussion about Old Testament wisdom literature. Please join us next time. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.